Church, today we begin a brand new series called God is Bigger. Say that with me. Say, God is Bigger. God is bigger. I think it's easy, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, to like say that and think, of course God is bigger. We know he's bigger. God's bigger than our problems, bigger than our issues. It's an easy thing for a follower of Jesus to say, but I think it's a harder thing to actually live out. I think it's easy to articulate. I think it's just not as common to actually walk our lives that way. Like, and the older we get, you know this, the older you get, the more adulting we have to do, the harder life seems to get the more challenging it seems to get, the more baggage we tend to like pick up and carry along with us. For example, I'll just say it. If you're over 30 years old, I know you've got some baggage, some things that literal, like, like some physical things. I'll guarantee at least one of these four things you have. And some of you have two, some of you might have three, some of you may have all four. But if you're over 30 years old, I'll guarantee you have one of these four things. The first thing is you have a drawer full of random cords. I bet you do. Just random cords. Maybe it's in a box like at my house. The cords that you refuse to, you're not, you're not going to get rid of them. You don't know what they go to. You don't know what they're for. But just in case Apple brings back the brick phone from 2006, you're ready for it. You know, you got this random drawer of cords. And maybe that's not you. Maybe the second one is for you. You have Tupperware that's missing all kinds of lids. Or worse yet, you have Tupperware with lids that almost fit. I don't know if there's anything worse if I were president, and that would be scary, but if I were president, I'll just tell you my first order of agenda would be there's only one set of Tupperware. There is one size, there is one brand, that you, you no more. And the moment that someone would try to make a second brand or a second size, they would be killed. Okay, well, that's kind of harsh. They would be in prison forever, okay? It would not be allowed. Some of you have Tupperware that doesn't fit other Tupperware. Okay, maybe not one or two, but maybe you have three. You have a collection of plastic bags. Yeah. And you stuff them inside what? Other plastic. You know who you are. Stuff. And you, don't, you can't have enough. And you store them under the sink because that's like the 11th commandment. They go under the sink. And you can never have too many. If you have a thousand, you need a thousand and one, right? Because you never know when you're going to need a thousand of those little Target, Walmart, whatever they are bags. So you either have a drawer of random cords, you either have a Tupperware that's missing lids, or you have a, a collection of bags, bags inside plastic bags, or number four, you have anxiety, right? That's number four. And some of you are like, yep, I'm there. And that's what we're talking about, because a lot of us struggle with anxiety. Now, anxiety, just to kind of give a definition, it's not the same as fear, because people kind of correlate the two together, but they're different. Fear is like uh, uh, an immediate danger that you're in. Like you have fear because you're in danger in the moment. Anxiety is like an emotion towards something that hasn't even happened yet. In, in other words, if my doorbell rings and I go to the door, and on the other side of the door, there's a demonic clown, right? And you're like, demonic? Yes, all clowns are demonic. You should know that by now. But there's a clown. I would have fear because I'm looking at this clown at my door. Anxiety is different. Anxiety, the doorbell rings. And I think to myself, there's a clown on the other side of the door, right? So you're like, do you always get clowns coming to your house? Not on a good day, I don't. So, um, but that's the difference. We build things up in our head, and many times they're not even going to happen, or they're not even true. That is anxiety. And I'm telling you, People struggle with it. You know who you are. I struggle with it. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, teens struggle with it. 
It is a big deal, but I'm telling you that God, I'm not just saying it, you're gonna believe it before you leave here today. God is bigger than your anxiety. And if there is one scripture, and there's a lot that speak to worry, there's a lot that speak to anxiety, if there's one that I go to first, you're getting it today. The Apostle Paul, a guy who was transformed by Jesus, wrote letters to churches that he and others helped start. The first churches. One of them is to a church in Philippi. It's a book called Philippians. I even have a map because I I show maps that makes me feel smart. So on this map, you'll see that all these churches were the first churches, a lot of these. Along the Mediterranean rim, that's the body of water. And if you go up to the top, you see Philippi. Well, that's the first church that was planted in Europe. The others over to the right, that's like modern-day Turkey, uh, Asia, minor, they would call it. But in Philippi, like modern-day Greece, this is the first church that was in, in Europe. And Paul is writing a letter to the church in Philippi and to you and I. And, and this is what he says, because they struggle with anxiety just like you do and just like I do. And I love, this is my favorite scripture when it comes to this topic. Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, that is such a key word for the scripture, in everything by prayer and supplication. In other words, by talking to God and then, and then telling God what you need, asking and praying for others, with thanksgiving, because thanking God is part of prayer, let your requests be known to him. Let them be known to God. And then the peace of God, say peace, mm, the opposite of anxiety, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I love it. Last week we talked about the road to 6,500, that the immediate goal for our church right now is to pray a minimum of 6,500 prayers before the end of the year. 6,500 hours of prayer before the end of the year. And, and why do we want to do that? Because we're learning that, that like peace, prayer is an invitation to peace, isn't it? That's what Paul is showing us. And, and, and I'm not, Jesus even said the peace he's talking about and that Paul's writing about, it isn't like worldly peace. So it isn't like, like the people that say, if I just had one wish, I would wish for world peace. And it's like, I just want to say, you should dumb it down a little bit and just start with using your blinker, okay? Because that would give me peace. So uh, w- world peace is not what we're talking about. In fact, Jesus said it's going to get crazier when it comes to that. But peace isn't something out here. Peace is something in here. And this is what we're learning, and this is what Paul is trying to teach the church in Philippi and you and I. So, be anxious for nothing. In other words, worry about nothing. But in supplication and prayer and thanksgiving, pray to God. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. I'm telling you, the first step, the first step in your victory over anxiety is talking to God about everything. Say everything. The good things, the bad things, the the up things, the down things. Everything. Talking to God on everything that concerns you. This is so big. This is what Paul basically said. In everything. The more you and I try to handle it on our own, the more, the more we'll mess things up, and the more it'll mess us up. Not just spiritually, and it will. Not just emotionally, but even physically. Like, did you know that, that worry, excessive worry, like on steroids, anxiety... It, 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 it causes physical, like, ailments. Like, the root word, I, I think I got it up there, the old English root, that where we get the word worry from, it means literally to strangle. That's what it means. It's like a physical, this is why people will say, and this is a thing, 
You ever heard it? You're going to worry yourself sick because you, you can do it. I've done it. Like you can, you can worry yourself into a headache. You can worry yourself into ulcers. You can worry so much you can have what we call panic attacks, physical attacks. I don't, I don't think I've ever like had a full-on panic attack. The closest Jody was probably when Ava was born, our 18-year-old daughter. 18. I'm old. But anyway, that's a whole other story. 18 years old, but 18 years ago, we were in the delivery room. And uh, this is the closest to a panic attack. Because you have to understand something. This was our gender reveal, right? That we didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. And we're in the delivery room, so there's all kinds of emotion going on. And I'll never forget when, when Ava was delivered. And I'm thinking, is it a boy? Is it a girl? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? I'm like, this is going to be so beautiful and miraculous. And the doctor just holds up this baby, all this slimy thing. And I, I look... And I'm like, I was like, the sh her head was misshapen. She had a huge blotch on her head. I'm like, oh my God, it's not a boy or a girl. It's an alien, Jody. We had an alien. And I was like, the, the doctor knew what I was, I didn't say that out loud, but the doctor knew what I was thinking. So I was like, what the heck is that? And she's like, oh, don't worry, the head misshapen. It'll kind of, it'll, it'll, it'll pop back into place. I'm like, pop it in, pop it in now. Or put her back. I can't, I can't. I can say that now. Ava was beautiful. I mean, beautiful baby, but right away she was, she could have starred in Aliens 4. So it was bad, but that's the closest. Anyway, so, but, but understand something. Back to the physical ailment of being choked out by your fear. It, this is, and, and go with me here, this is why you can hear a word on Sunday from the word of God and never apply it to your life on Monday. Just, just understand something. This is why you can go to church for all your life, 25, 30, 40 years, and never change. This is because, you know what? The word gets choked out by the world. It's not because I said it. Jesus said it one time. He, he gave this parable, we call it the parable of the soils, and Jesus talks about a farmer sowing seed, planting seed. And, and he says to one of, one of the seeds falls in soil that seems fertile, but the next day the thorns come up. Listen to what he says. It's Matthew 13, 22. Jesus says, and the one sown with seed among the thorns is the one who hears the word, like you're hearing right now, and the anxiety of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. It's, it's crazy that we can be so inspired and so full of the Lord and leave and the world could sap it all away and, and suck it all out of us. Don't let your worship be wasted. Right? Don't let the enemy try to do it. It's that, that, that parable always gets me because only 25% of the audience saw life change. And it's probably fairly accurate to, to where it is today. Tw they all, did they all hear the word? Yep. Did they all hear the same word? Yep. Did it, did it affect them all differently? Yep. Did only one-fourth of them reap anything from it? Yep. You can, you can read the word of God and you should. And you can hear the word of God, and you should. But if we don't take what we're hearing in the sermon and apply it to our situation, our lives will not change. It will not change. And the, and the world and the cares and the anxieties and everything going on out there, if, if the enemy can use it to, to suck you away from anything you're hearing today, he'll do it. But we're not going to allow him. We're, we're, we know his situation. We know his game. I'm telling you, let's say it again. The first step to victory over your anxiety is what? Going to God, praying to God, talking to God about 
everything that concerns you. That's why praying first is huge. We talked about it last week, that we don't just pray, but we pray first. We seek first the kingdom of God, and we put things on the website under the prayer tab that you should go to, and you can look at these prompts and reminders of how we're going to pray together and reach 6,500 plus hours of prayer. But praying first is huge. In fact, when you leave here, you're going to get a wristband, a gray wristband that says pray first. And uh, two sizes, one, I don't know, would it be a larger size, one a smaller size, and the black ones, uh, I think the black lettering are the larger ones, white lettering, smaller ones. But you'll get those when you leave, and it's a prompt for you to pray first. We want to pray first in the morning. We want to pray at 6.33 p.m. because Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, he'll give you everything you need. And then we pray before bed. Those are minimums. And then you fill all those gaps in between with more prayer. Because you can't overpray. It's impossible. Because we want to talk to God about everything. That's what we're learning today. Paul said he wrote everything. Talk to God about everything. In everything, talk to God. So the praying first is huge. And we pray first and trust that God will provide. Do you remember, if you, were, if you missed last week, we talked about God being our provider and the fact that, that is a, there's a name for that. His name being his Hebrew name, Jehovah. And then Jireh. Meaning provide, or God is my provider. Jehovah Jireh. Repeat this after me. Say, Jehovah Shalom. God is my peace. Shalom doesn't just mean peace, that doesn't even do it justice. Shalom means wholeness, completeness. See, when you're not going to God for your peace, you will feel divided, you will feel less than. You will always be trying to fill up and be complete through something or someone else that can never complete or fulfill you. And God says, I am your, I will make you complete. I will make you whole. I will be your peace. Jehovah, Shalom. Meadows Church gets its name from Psalm 23. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside what kind of streams? peaceful he wants to lead me to peace he wants he wants me to lie down actually a a more accurate uh translation than what we're showing you here would be uh he makes me lie down that's that's a more accurate description he makes me lie down like the god knows we're gonna be stubborn and we're stupid and we're not gonna do what we're supposed to do and god's like "I, i need to make you lie down you know, it's like, Jake, you don't remember this, but when you were a baby or a toddler, you didn't like to take naps as much as Ava, big surprise. And uh, so when you and I would lay down, you were like a prairie dog. You, we'd lay there, you'd pop your head up, and I'd be like, Jake, lay your head back down, and then I'd kind of guide your head back to the pillow. And then two minutes later, you'd be, pop your head up like a prairie dog. Like, Jake, we, we, this is nap time. We've got to lay your head back down. And, you know, I'm, this time I'm kind of holding his head down. Finally, the third time when it popped up, I just have to tape his head to the pillow. I'm kidding! Okay, you're like child protective. Well, you should have called them a long time ago. So, uh, <laughs> but we, but he was the prairie dog in me. He wouldn't see. This is why rest is so important. This is why we, if you want the peace that surpasses all understanding, like was promised in the Word of God, you have to rest. I, I wrote down when we pray, Lord, you're my peace. When we pray, Lord, Jehovah Shalom. When we pray that, we remind ourselves of the need to slow down. And to rest. He makes me lie down. I don't want to take a nap. I don't want to rest. But at the end of the day, I know 
It's good for me, and God knows it's good for me. By the way, our youth ministry, that's 6th through 12th grade who meet here on Wednesday nights, you need to check this out. They started a brand new series, and this is, I didn't know that was going to happen when this message was developed, but their series was starting on anxiety on Wednesday. We had one of the largest youth services we ever had, and I think to myself, these kids, and they knew the series was coming. I'm telling you, they, they, they want to know how to be less anxious. They want to know how to be less worried, how to be less tense, okay? So for you that are getting your students or having them go to youth, praise God, I would keep them going. If you have to put them in the back seat and make them lie down in Green Meadows and drive them, do it because they will benefit. This series is gonna be huge for them. And the next one, whew, we talked about that a few weeks ago. So good. I read a stat this week it's crazy how God will put all this together. Listen to this. This will blow you away. According to a new report, teens get as many as 237 or more notifications on their phone a day. 237. The world constantly saying, hey, check this out. Hey, wear this. Hey, do this. Hey, watch this. All the, just constantly bombarding, choking out life, choking out the word. In a world constantly telling us to do more, to have more, to go, to go more, we need to remember that less is best when we rest in God, okay? Less is best because less with God is actually more, Aiden. It's more. We think we're going to accomplish more. We're going to do more. No, you won't. Not when you don't rest in God. Not when you don't seek the Lord above anything else. We will, you will accomplish less and you'll be stressed in it. And God says, I, wanna, I want you to have more. I want you to accomplish more and actually have peace in that. That's what you want. People will say, I don't have time to, I don't have time to pray. I'm telling you, you don't have time not to pray. You don't have time not to pray. This is huge. We don't understand the power of prayer. I'm, I'm talking to me. I hope you don't think I'm preaching at you. I'm, I'm with you. I tell you. Our situation and our life can seem out of control. And you might have a situation or circumstance going on in your life right now that is out of control. I'm telling you, you may not have control, but you have a choice. And you can pray. We'll say it again. The first step to your, to your victory over anxiety is, is talking to God about everything. Everything that's going on. Everything that concerns you. So, to be vulnerable with you and tell you that I'm in the audience with you for this message and really every message. Every week, God and I have this meeting. We get together and uh, we talk about you. Yeah, I know. You're being talked about. And uh, it's, it's all good as far as you know. But anyway, so uh, we're, we're, we meet and we talk and I'm like, we're talking about the message and we're talking about what God wants to do and what he wants you to hear. And, and I have to tell you, and you might think, gosh, by this point in the game, Six years in, it's, you know, messages, it's probably nothing. You put it together, it flows, it just, it just happens. And I'm telling you, it doesn't. It, it, here, you want to know something? Because you might be thinking, oh, I bet it gets easier every Sunday. It actually gets harder. And the only way I can tell you, the only, the only way I can explain why is probably spiritual warfare. And I'll, and I'll tell you this because some of you, you don't understand since you start coming to church, things have gotten harder. Since you start reading the word of God or you start praying in accordance with the goal of the church, things have gotten more difficult, not easy. You're praying to God for answers and you seem to get more questions. I'm telling you, when you seek God, you're going you're gonna to face opposition. 
See, the stakes get raised. If you're not facing opposition, if everything seems easy, you're not living your God-given purpose. The sta- what, what is happening in your church right now The lives that are being changed, the marriages that are are getting put back together, the addictions that are getting broken, the people that continually step from death to life is happening all the time. I'm telling you, when the stakes get raised, the spiritual warfare goes up. So if you're a threat and you're facing opposition, praise God today. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. But I'm, but it, okay, God, that's good, but it doesn't make it easy. So, so, so God and I get together, and I'm like, God, I'm all, every week, it's, it's the same thing. God, I need you to show up. God, God, I need you. And the anxiety starts kicking really on Wednesday, because we're getting closer. And that's when I really go to God, and I'll, and I'll cry out to God. And, and I'm sure God's like, here we go again. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's almost Thursday. There he is in the fetal position in the living room, you know, crying out. <laughs> and I, I, I kid you not, I'm, I'm crying out to God. And I'm basically begging God to show up. And most weeks, in the moment, it's nothing. It's like I don't hear any. That's why I say it's hard. And I'm like, God, I don't get it. I'm sitting here looking at a blank screen. Uh, I I have an outline, of course. But uh, how how do you want this? What do you want? What are the illustrations you want? What are the stories you want? What are the main points you want? I want what you want, God. And I sit there. and, and, And every week, I come to this conclusion. This is the week I'm on my own. (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this is it every week. And God, you know God's up there like, oh my gosh. This is, Gabriel, get over here. This here, he's at it again. Look at the guy down there. This is kind of sad. And, I'm, and it's like God is saying, Monty, yeah, God, how long have we been doing this thing with Meadows? Well, God, you, you're God. You know, but I'll answer it. It's six years, you know, coming up next week. Okay, how many, how many weeks is that? Well, God, you didn't make me very good at math. You know that too, but... Since I know you were going to ask the question, I did the math ahead of time. And God, that's over 300 weeks. So, Monty, 300 weeks plus we've been doing this. Has there ever been a time when you, when you cried out that I didn't show up? Yeah, no, I guess, no, you've showed up every time, God. Okay, has there ever been a time when you asked for guidance or direction and I didn't give it? Oh, no, God, you've given it. Pretty much every week. But, 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 Monty, let me get it right this straight. You think that this week, right, this is the week where I'm not going to show up. This is the week where I'm going to go silent. This is the week where I'm going to leave you on your own. Yes, that's exactly what I think today, God. Yep, you nailed it. How God doesn't turn me into a grease spot right then and there, I don't know. I'm grateful that he doesn't. But, but I need you to know that I'm in it with you. Like, I, God seems so silent at times. And then, and then I start to worry and get anxiety. And you know what worry does? Worry assumes the worst, doesn't it? Always. I'm screwed. God's not going to show up. They have no idea what's going to happen. You know, it's not, this is going to go wrong. That's going to go wrong. Worry assumes the worst. It always does. Worry causes wrong thinking and wrong feelings. But prayer puts the focus back on God's power. See, and when you focus on the power of God, you start to believe the promises of God, that God is who he said he was. God will show up like he's always showed up. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And you start not just to hear it, but you start to believe it. I want to give you a We're talking promises. Here's a promise that seems so crazy in the moment from Jesus. That last supper setting, you know, 
Jesus gives a promise to them and to you and I. Listen to this. John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give, this is where he says it, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. I'm here to tell you something. The disciples were troubled and afraid. Because if they're like me and they're like you, you know all they heard in that whole statement? The first three words. I am leaving. And I, I'm sorry, I can't get beyond that, Jesus. We, we like when you're here. Like, you, good things happen when you're in the room, Jesus. Good things go down when, when your presence is right with us. You're leaving? And Jesus is like, yep, I am leaving. Let me ask you a question. Honestly, think on this. In your struggle right now, in, in what's causing your anxiety today and this week, if Jesus were to physically show up, wouldn't that change the way that you're thinking and feeling? What, like if Jesus walked in the room right now, well, first thing I'm doing is like, Jesus, here's the mic. Okay. You got it. You got it. You're the word. You bring the word. It, it, I want, think about that. If Jesus were physically with you, can you imagine the peace, just his presence, the physical presence being there would be. The, the, the confidence you would have. Jake, if anybody was bullying you at school and they're shaking you down on that regular Wednesday ready to kick some butt again that week and they're like, all right, it's time for your weekly beat down and you're like, oh, yo, hold up, hold up. Before you beat me down, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. His name's Jesus. <laughs> hey, Jesus, just like we talked about the old one, two. Come on. So you would have confidence that biology test that you're taking, you'd be like, Jesus, what do you got for number seven? Oh, oh yeah, that, that's, that's what I had too. You're right. Perfect. I mean, you would be so set up. A few paragraphs later in the same setting at this meal, Jesus explains further why he's leaving. He says, I need to go. I need to leave because I'm sending something better than me. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying, I'm sending an advocate. I'm sending a counselor. And they're probably thinking, you're sending a lawyer? <laughs> no, I'm not sending a lawyer. I'm sending someone better. Better than you, Jesus? Mm -hmm. Yep. I have, I, have, I have limits in this human body. I have limits in, in the state that I'm in. But the Holy Spirit, well, he's me everywhere. Let me ask you a question. Why would we have more peace with Jesus in the room with us than we would with this Holy Spirit all around us? But yet I would contend, and I'm in the same boat. If, you're, if you give me a choice, physical Jesus or invisible Jesus, I'm taking physical Jesus. I'm just, I'm just that dumb that I'd be like, okay, I can see you. You're there. And Jesus says, you don't get it. When I go away, I'm sending him. He's everywhere. See, I'm with you in the moment right here. But when I leave and Holy Spirit comes, who's a person, he, he's, he's, oh, everywhere. By the way, he's not only with you, you can have him in you. What's better than God with you? God in you. Jesus. I'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that you can't even fathom. And you won't get it out here. 
So Jesus does go away. If you don't know the story, he would leave the table. They would pray together in a garden. He would get arrested, beaten. And then Jesus would be crucified on a cross. There's something worse than anxiety, I'm telling you this. There's something worse than your mental illness, worse than your addiction, worse than uh, your divorce, worse than what's going on in our messed up world. There's something way worse. Sin. The cancer where there is no chemo. Right? The cancer where there is no hope. The cancer that's not temporal, but it's eternal. And Jesus said, because of that, I'm going to do this. And Jesus comes to earth by the instruction and love and guidance of the Father and goes on a cross to die a death he didn't deserve to die so that you might have a chance to live. So that you might be healed from that cancer forever. There's only one cure. And your good works won't do it. Your church attendance won't do it. You're memorizing your scripture, it won't do it. And those are, those are all great things. They're just not what's going to get you to heaven. You're saved by God's grace through faith when you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, died dead on a cross. But he didn't stay dead. If you're familiar with Meadows Church, we, we will remind you really quickly the greatest miracle in history. That three days after Jesus Christ was dead, I just read it last week again in the, in the Gospel of Luke. Three days after Jesus was dead, he brought himself back to life. Now, no other God has done that. No other person has done that. And I say, I'll say what I said last week. If a man can predict his own death and resurrection, Shelly, I'm, I'm on his team. Like, I'm following him. And I will do it imperfectly, and I will do it in the fetal position in the, in the living room floor some days. But he will never give up on me, and he will never give up on you. That's how much he loves you. you yeah, that is praiseworthy. So the miracle... So I leave you with one more scripture, actually two more, because scripture is so good. I'm reading and I'm praying, and God delivers like God always delivers. And I believe that he wants me to share with you one verse out of Romans 5.1. This is, this is salvation in a nutshell. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, not by what you do or what you say or how you live or how you worship, that doesn't, the only thing that will make you right is your faith well. in Christ Jesus, in him. You've been made right with, in, in God's sight by faith. Say faith. Mm. We have peace, there it is, with God because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. You see, your peace isn't based on what you do or what you have, or where you live. See, peace isn't based on a place. Peace is based on a person. His name is Jesus. And in your weakness, he is strong. And in your problems, he is powerful. And in your mess, he is a miracle worker. He wants to do something new in you today. Oh my God. So, we're gonna pray together. Surrender your life to Christ. If you haven't done that today, I pray by his, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and if you do, the Holy Spirit will enter into you. And that peace you have access to all the time. It doesn't make life easier. It just makes it better. It just makes us purposeful. It just makes it abundant. 
So we're going to do something different. You know our goal is 6,500 prayers, 6,500 hours of prayer by the end of the year. So I'm going to have you, I'm going to read you a scripture, and then you're going to pray in groups. Now, before you get all tense and whatever, because I know there's guests, we have guests every week. Don't freak out, please. You don't have to say, if you don't want to say a word, you don't say a word. You're just going to gather with people in your row or behind you or in front of you and just, just let someone pray. Trust the Holy Spirit. If you have a prayer request, go to God with it. This is your family. If, if you feel like you want to lead the prayer, tell them that. And if you don't want to say a word, don't say a word. But I'm telling you, we want to pray as family. And there's something about coming together. The early church did it. They prayed together. They broke bread together. They did life together. And we want to pray together in groups here. And before we do that, I'm going to read to you Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Just a different paraphrase. This is the message paraphrase. Same scripture that I read earlier, but in different wording. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, church, how about you try this? Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. Shalom. Everything coming together for good will come. It'll settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And he'll replace it with that peace that passes all understanding. I'm going to pray for you and then just gather and pray for a few minutes together. Let the Holy Spirit lead it. Prayer team, they'll be up here if you need them to lead a prayer or do anything. They'll be up here walking through, hanging out. They're there to help you and support you and love you. Once you're done praying in groups, you're free to go. As you leave, we'll have bracelets and baskets, people holding them. Take one. The white lettering is smaller. The black lettering are the larger ones. So get one of those bracelets before you leave. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, this is a real deal and you know it. Our world does not bring peace. And if we're relying on a government or a president or some sort of a, a rule or a legislation or law to fix what's messed up, boy, we are going to be sorely disappointed. We, we're not living that way. We don't live for the world. We don't live for the temporal. We live for the eternal. So God, we understand that you don't even come to bring peace in a worldly way. You're gonna, when you come back, it'll be, you'll be coming back with a sword. And it'll, it'll be anything but peaceful when it comes to the worldly peace. But I tell you what, you embody peace in, your, in you. And you can embody peace in us when we have you in us. What's better than, than, than you with us, Christ, sitting next to us? It's you inside of us in the power of the Holy Spirit with us at all times, guiding at all times, loving at all times, convicting at all times, counseling at all times. God, there are people in the room today, they are riddled and, and racked with anxiety. I lift them up in the name of Jesus Christ. Enemy, you have no authority over them. And we cast you out to Christ for judgment. You must leave. God, fill us with your presence and your power for people that are maybe even anxious about like grouping up and praying. That's a real thing. We don't want to make people anxious, but I also don't want, I also don't want people to be comfortable because I don't think we grow in comfort. I think we grow when we stretch ourselves and when we go to you. We're a family. We don't judge anybody. We love everybody. We all got crap in our lives, God, and you know it. We don't want to carry it. You died on a cross so we wouldn't have to. We come to you right now, God. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Christ, you are the center of Meadows Church. This is your, this is, this is your bride. Have your way in these moments as we pray together to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
go ahead and group up with a few people and just go to the Lord. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.